Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. A lot to talk about today. First up, we got a brand new way to fight wild hogs here in Texas. We'll tell you all about that coming up. Plus, we look at two big stories we've been talking about for quite a while. All of the rain, both the good and the bad effects that it has caused on us here this spring. And we look at the cattle market situation. Packers making record profits while cattle prices remain depressed. My name's Kerry Martin, and I'm a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We're continuing to hear both the good side and the not-so-good side of recent rains in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and I'll bring you that story on Texas Ag Today. Several agricultural groups are calling for a more fair and transparent livestock marketing system. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. There are planting and harvesting delays on the rolling plains due to recent springtime rainfall. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers now have a new product in the fight against wild hogs. It's called Hog Stop. It's an all-natural feed bait that is made out of ingredients we feed to cattle, deer every single day. And we just combined it in such a way to use it on feral hogs to make the boars uh, sterile. That's company founder Daniel Loper, who says the product was developed by his father, dairy nutritionist Dr. Dan Loper. So we dairied in Texas for about 23 years. And in the dairy industry, my dad's known for, uh, he's the guy that introduced mixer boxes and commodity barns to the dairy industry so dairymen could mix their own feed. He did that in the 70s. So my dad's been doing nutrition work and an innovator for 50 years now. And my dad, through his experience, knew that certain feeds impact fertility in animals. So he said, God, we could take this and we could use it towards feral hogs. Let's start looking at this. And then so we took those ideas, his experience, and put it all together and made this bait. A field study of hog stops showed that it reduced male hog fertility after five days of eating the feed bait, and it maintained fertility interruption for at least 30 days. Loper says they highly recommend you use a recommended feeder, which will keep other animals out of the bait. Loper says Hog Stop is produced in cooperation with High Pro Feeds. Uh, you can call and order it from them directly. Uh, they're going to stock it in some stores. I think they're going to aim to stock it in all their stores if it goes well. So you just have to contact High Pro directly. For more information, check out their website, hogstop.com. The recent rains in the Texas High Plains have brought both good and bad to the area. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. 
Even though the storms seem to be slackening off a bit right now, the long rainy spell we've been through remains a big story for area agriculture. On the good side, our soil moisture situation has dramatically improved, as pioneer hybrid agronomist Russell French saw during some testing around the area. We had some subsoil moisture levels that were only like a foot to a foot and a half where they were wanting to plant corn. And, and now, yesterday, we were out checking some fields and, and with all the rain we've had, we're down three to four foot now in these fields that didn't have any pre-irrigation. But while the rains have given farmers the moisture needed to get their new season going, getting so much of it all at once has imposed delays in getting things started. Fortunately, French says, for those planting corn and sorghum, there's still time. We have some good short-season varieties we can grow in this area, and a lot of our corn acres are planted for silage, so that gives us a little bit longer when did a plant is not quite as critical. If the corn is not completely physiologically mature, it can still make very good silage, you know. So we're in a good spot. We've, we've been down this road before, and we, we know how to handle it. We, we have a very good guidelines for when to cut off planting our, our hybrids and when we need to switch maturities. But we'll plant corn up into early July if we have to. We can do that. And same with sorghum. We can go up into early July. But French says there is concern about the effects of the cool and wet weather on cotton, setting up the potential for even more acres going to sorghum as a replacement crop. We have a lot of producers waiting for their insurance agents to come out. It may be the middle of the month before we really get a final handle on how many acres of grain sorghum will go in. You know, maybe some of these cotton fields will come out of it and they'll be okay. Certainly a situation we'll be following. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With packers making massive profits and cattle prices depressed, there are calls around the country for Congress to intervene. Jessica Domel takes a look at the situation. Agricultural organizations and members of Congress are calling on the federal government to release the details of its investigations into any potential impropriety by meat packers that may have led to higher margins for packers and lower returns for cattlemen and women after a fire at a beef plant in Kansas and supply chain disruptions during the first year of the coronavirus pandemic. The American Farm Bureau Federation, National Farmers Union, RCAF USA, and United States Cattlemen's Association recently met in Phoenix at the request of the Livestock Marketing Association to discuss challenges involved in the marketing of finished cattle. Scott Bennett, Director of Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation, says the six organizations were able to find a consensus on a handful of issues, and they hope to work together moving forward to hopefully solve some problems for the industry on those points. They condensed it down to three major points. It was interesting to see it come out of the meeting because from an American Farm Bureau perspective, this is stuff we've been working on for a couple of years now. So the fact that these six organizations finally coalesced around it is fantastic, but there's no change in any game plan at American Farm Bureau because we've been doing this for a long time. Those three issues are one, expediting the renewal of USDA's livestock mandatory reporting, which is up for reauthorization at the end of September 2021. What we'd like to see is including formula base prices to be subject to the similar or same reporting requirements that we see negotiated cash cattle trade have to report. We'd also like to see the creation of a, of a beef contract library. The second big point, and this has really been on the minds and on a lot of social media here over the past couple of weeks, but demanding the Department of Justice issue 
a report of their investigation into Packer activity. The group also said that Department of Justice and the USDA should, you know, maybe have joint oversight or conduct joint oversight over the Packers. And then the third point would be, and, and again, this is something that Farm Bureau members have told us uh, from the grassroots is, is, has been extremely important, but that's encouraging the investment and development of small and regional and independent Packers. Bennett said a meeting of this caliber among cattle trade organizations has never happened before. No staff was involved and no press were involved. It was all member leaders of the organizations working together. Bennett said while there may be a tug of war between ranchers, feeders, and packers, it's important to remember that the relationship is needed. He said he hopes the groups are able to meet again together in the future. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. There are both planting and harvesting delays on the Texas rolling plains due to the recent rainfall. Tom Nicoletti has the story. We go now to the rolling plains of Texas where we catch up with Barry Mahler in the Wichita Falls area. And uh, Barry, uh, much like the panhandle of Texas, uh, your region of the state has also received uh, quite a bit of rainfall in the late spring, uh, which is highly unusual. And rain is uh, beneficial or is it detrimental? And at this point, uh, there's a delay in the cotton planting for your uh, farmers out there. Talk about that. Well, it's uh, always a double-edged sword. And, and, you know, I just want to make this perfectly clear. We, We hardly ever complain about rain because it is always one of the kind of missing elements or maybe the short elements in our dryland agriculture. But we've been blessed this spring and we're getting ready to get a cotton crop in the ground and would like to be rolling right now. Now, there's a little bit of a difference in just being in a panic wanting to get the crop in the ground, and that is our temperatures have remained cool. So we like to have a good warm soil temperature to get cotton up and going. So the rain has helped it cool down and just cooler weather in general. So even though the rain's delaying us, it's not put us in as much of a panic as it would if we had good ground temperature and we were sitting on the turn row waiting to roll. But uh, yeah, it's wet in the rolling plains. All right. So hopefully uh, those cotton farmers will get out in the fields uh, soon. Quickly, before we go to the harvest of the winter wheat crop, about how much rain has fallen in the area? Give us a general idea. Over the last several weeks, we're actually, from the local TV stations, they're telling us we're getting into the record level of rainfall for May and uh I think it's up in that 13, 14 inch uh, area, but uh, a lot of areas, of course, haven't had that much. It varies. Anytime you're in a thunderstorm condition, it can rain on one side of the road, not the other. And I think everybody understands that. But all in all, I think a report of eight, nine, 10 inches is uh, pretty common across a lot of the area. And in a lot of the areas, uh, not too far west of us, it was certainly well received on the grassland and all because it's been extremely dry. But we've got a really good wheat crop because of the rain we've had through the springtime, but rain's beginning to cause a little bit of a problem as we approach harvest now. Yes, and uh, so all that rain is keeping uh, the harvesters uh, away from the fields, but they need to get that wheat out uh, as soon as possible, correct? You're right, Tom, and one of the things that happens to us when we get into one of these rainy spells, uh, well, several things. One of them is we begin to get weed pressure. Springtime, the weeds want to grow, and we'll get some weeds in this weeds that we don't want. We're beginning to see a, a few instances of that, but the one big problem is is that we'll lose test weight. We think we've got a really good, high-quality wheat crop across a lot of rolling plains due to good moisture through the winter and into the early spring and now continuing on. And these cool nights, we've had some extremely cool nights. That's grain-filling weather. That's what winter wheat likes. And we think we've got some really high-quality, high-test-weight wheat. But 
what happens is when you get to the harvest stage and it gets ripe, rain becomes less of an asset and more of a liability because we get rain on this ripe wheat, it washes the volatile oils off the berries and we lose test weight and therefore lose quality in the crop. So it's time to get the combines in the field over the next week or 10 days. Hopefully we'll see some sunshine and drier conditions, but right now a little concerned about uh, a weather pattern that just continues to bring moisture to us. Very good, Barry. Thanks for your report today. Thank you, Tom. That is Barry Mahler reporting for us today from the Rolling Plains of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Free Fishing Day in Texas is coming up. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today. And coughing in dogs is very common, but diagnosing the cause is not easy. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. It's very common for dogs to get a cough, but it's not very easy to figure out what's causing that cough. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. We get at least two to three calls a day about coughing dogs. Lots of folks believe their dog has kennel cough if they're coughing, and sometimes they're correct. Kennel cough is a common cause of coughing in dogs, And although the disease is called kennel cough, there are multiple bacteria and viral diseases that can cause similar symptoms. And unfortunately, just because the dog is vaccinated for kennel cough or the other diseases that can cause the same symptoms does not mean your dog cannot become infected. No vaccine is 100% effective, and we are hoping that the vaccines for these upper respiratory infections will reduce symptoms if infection does occur. This is similar to the flu vaccine in people, as it is also not 100% effective. The important factor is to determine if there is an infection involved and is it only affecting the upper respiratory tract or has pneumonia developed. Lots of these dogs, especially small breeds, have a collapsed trachea or heart disease causing the cough and not an infection. If that is the case, this needs to be treated rather than an infection. Many dogs with tracheal collapse have a chronic cough and owners just want to come pick up cough medication And your vet may be reluctant because we have been burned in the past by doing this. There are cases of tracheal collapse that dogs will develop an infection. And if a dog with tracheal collapse develops an infection and is treated with medication to stop the cough only, pneumonia can develop and some dogs will not survive. This is the reason your vet wants to examine your dog every time a cough occurs so the correct treatment is used. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Free Fishing Day in Texas is coming up. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report. Texans of all ages can fish for free on Saturday on any public water body. It is all part of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's annual Free Fishing Day, which is held the first Saturday in June each year. 
Craig Bonds, TPWD's Inland Fisheries Director, said it is a wonderful opportunity for anglers to share their knowledge, skills, equipment, and love for fishing with a new person. He said it's also an opportunity for anglers to buy a fishing license to support fisheries science and management in Texas. There are a number of fishing resources available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website, including a lake finder and a Learn to Fish page. And speaking of fishing, be sure to drain, clean, and dry your gear when visiting any water body in Texas this year to prevent the spread of invasive species like zebra mussels. Krista Lutsky of the North American Invasive Species Management Association discusses a week-long awareness campaign targeted to outdoor recreationalists to prevent the spread of invasive plants and pests to non-native locations. Play Clean Go is an invasive species prevention campaign, and it aims to stop the spread of invasive species by providing easy, actionable information to help people and recreationists enjoy the outdoors responsibly. It is summertime, and people are spending more time outdoors. So during all of those fun activities, it's also a time when invasive pests take advantage of recreationist outdoor exploration to hitch a ride to new territories. The campaign will engage recreationists through online videos, other social media, and local news. Additional tips on preventing the spread of invasive species are available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a mixed trading day in the agricultural markets on Thursday. Live cattle and grains were lower, while feeder cattle and cotton closed higher. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a mixed trading day in the markets on Thursday. The cattle complex mixed with live cattle closing lower, feeder cattle closing higher. June live cattle down 35 cents, 116.77. The August down 72 at 118.52. October live cattle down 25. 124.65. Feeder cattle finishing higher. August feeders up 62 cents, 152.95. September up 70, 155.50. The October up 87 cents, 157.37. Cash fed cattle trade saw some activity on Thursday. We sold cattle in Kansas at 120. Here in Texas, we've seen sales ranging from 119 to 120. Texas cattle feeders reporting 2,334 heads sold. Boxed beef prices higher, choice up a dollar thirty-six, three forty-one fifty-two. Select up a dollar sixty-three at three thirteen fifty-one. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Kenny Mingus had a sale in Cameron there on the Little River this last Friday. Kenny, I understand it was a good one. We had a great day. Wound up with about 14.52. Out of that mix, we had about 370-something cows and about 20 bulls. Quality of the calves was really good, and uh, the market really reflected it. Let's walk those pins. 
All right, with the steers under 300, uh, from 166 to 210, three to 400 pound steers, 145 to 190, four to 500 pound steers, 137 to 190, and over 580 to a dollar 82 and a half. On the heifers under 300, 142 and a half is two dollars. Three to 400 pound heifers, 110 to 162, four to 500 pound heifers, a dollar one to 157, and over 570 to a dollar 47. On the packer cows from 45 to 80, packer bulls from 70 to a dollar. On your bred cows from 460 to 1225. On your cow-calf pairs from 680 to 1775. What do we know for this next Friday? May have a set of Hereford cows. About 40 of them be young and bred with a few pairs. I've got to check on that. We're thankful for the rain. Got a little shower again Friday evening. Some people had up to an inch, inch and a quarter, half inch, three-tenths other places. So the grass is good in Central Texas and the cattle are growing. So everybody's in pretty good spirits. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. Y'all just catch us at the office at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at milamcountylivestockauction.com. Catch us on Facebook. Hope everybody has a great day. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Maybe that was my friend Kenny Mingus, and he sells them at Milam County Livestock Auction on Little River every Friday on Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Me, I'm Larry Marble, and I've been your host. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs closed higher. June up $1.12, 119.37. July hogs up 52 cents at 119 even. Class 3 milk was narrowly mixed. June milk up a penny, 1733 100. July milk down one at 1788. The cotton market closed slightly higher. Traders waiting to see Friday's weekly export sales report. We closed with July cotton up 44 points, 8421. October up 34, 8518. December cotton up 38 at 8504. The grain markets moved lower. Traders seem to be torn on which way to move this market given the weather situation. We still have the extreme exceptional drought conditions around North Dakota with triple digit temperatures there over the weekend. But we do have some good rain in the forecast for the eastern Corn Belt. So traders trying to figure out which direction to take this thing based on the weather. July corn down 13 cents, 662 a bushel. September corn down 11, 582 and a quarter. The wheat market lower. July Kansas City wheat down nine and a half, 624 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 11 and a quarter, 676 and a quarter. In the energy markets, July natural gas down a penny, 305. July crude oil down one at 68.82 a barrel. The financial markets lower. The Dow down 26 points, 34,574. The Nasdaq down 141 at 13,615. The S&P 500 down 15 points at 4,193. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. See you next time, right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.